hello and welcome. This is the Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lenny, aka Deadlift Daddy. And y- welcome back. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is the best footballing podcast on the face of the earth, as told by not only me, but a few others. Um, outside of that, I'm doing a little bit of a series on the top six teams in the Premier League going into this season. Today's episode, we're going to be speaking about Arsenal, Arteta's Arsenal, Arsene's Arsenal. I love how they've picked their managers uh, based upon their first names. It's got to be a trend. There's no ways. There's no ways that that's a coincidence. In any case, Arsenal Football Club, they've been through quite a journey getting up to this point quite the journey i mean we've seen their banter era come and seemingly go at this point um they went through the absolute ringer for quite a few years no champions league football for a long long time uh once they did qualify last season and we started to see, okay, it'll be their first season this season, 23-24, since I believe 16-17 that they play in the Champions League. I think that's that's ridiculous considering the consistency with which Arsene Wenger used to get to top four. Um, the the It also kind of shows the competitiveness of the Premier League since Manchester City's resurgence, as well as Spurs um, and Daniel Levy doing what is, I mean, let's, let's be real here. It is Spurs at the end of the day. Trophies, they're never really going to be the marker for success for Spurs because they just aren't that kind of club. They don't win a lot of trophies at all. Chelsea, on the other hand, are kind of that club or they have been for the last 30 years. So we've seen Arsenal essentially fall out of that top four. Um, and it's only going to get more competitive with the with the Saudi takeover of Newcastle. So that, that's that been quite interesting. But seeing Arsenal just really wither away for a long, long time up until we, we have Unai Emery, who for all intents and purposes was a fantastic manager. He is a fantastic manager. He wins the Europa League. It's his bread and butter. He does it year in, year out, somehow, some fucking way. Um and he's over there at Aston Villa, so they should be gearing up for a really good season over there. However, with Arsenal, they had to get rid of him. It wasn't working. It essentially just wasn't a good fit, kind of like Rafa Benitez at Chelsea, kind of like uh, Antonio Conte at... <laughs> can I say Spurs? No, I can't really say Spurs, can I? No, I can't really say Spurs, because like I just said, they are not the team that wins trophies. They're just not that kind of club. Arsenal, however, were that kind of club. And they have been. They have won the FA Cup quite a few times. Um, But they're looking for that Premier League title. At the end of this coming season, it will have been 20 years since the Invincible Premier League season finished. So it's 20 years on now that Arsenal have not won the league title. 20-year drought. That's actually... That that in and of itself is not a, a... ridiculous thing that that happened i mean of course liverpool being a liverpool supporter we had a 30-year title drought united before 1993 had a 27-year title drought so it's not it's not unheard of when it comes to the big three the essential the the three titanic clubs in england arsenal liverpool man united but arsenal 
Oh, if you look back in history, uh, right, right back to the 1930s, they usually win a title once every every decade. So it's been a barren two decades for them now. The 2010s were completely barren. Um, essentially, probably one of their worst decades ever. Uh, and they've brought in Arteta. He won the FA Cup immediately. That is their last trophy that they've won. That's the last trophy that they have won. And that was back in 2020. And then he finished eighth twice. And then he finished fifth. And then he finished second. So I did say, for me personally, and I believe I've said so on the podcast during the title charge that Arsenal were mounting last season, that at the end of the 20. 122 season when Arsenal essentially bottled fourth place, bottled their Champions League spot. I was saying that Arteta has to get Champions League football next season, otherwise, he's got to go. Um, a good buddy of mine, massive Arsenal supporter, he completely agreed. I believe most Arsenal supporters would have agreed with that statement at the time, and he delivered. Um, they had a great season last year, uh, uh for all intents and purposes, they had an excellent season last year lights out no one really expected them to get second no one expected them to be in and amongst the title picture with three four five games to go unfortunately for them their young squad which was the youngest in the premier league last season just let them down in experience so on and so forth i've spoken about it quite a lot during the title run and i spoke about it quite a lot uh nothing speaks to me more than that Aaron Ramsdale quote where he was like, okay, sweet, we're eight points clear, we can relax. Nothing nothing tells me uh, lack of title winning experience like like a, a quote like that. That that's just unheard of. You you can't have that sort of mentality at the top end of the table up against a juggernaut like Manchester City. And so it's quite interesting how Arteta has done this. Um, I've seen quite a few, quite a few comparisons between Liverpool's rise under Jurgen Klopp and Arteta's uh, Arsenal's rise under Arteta. However, there are a few key differences here. So this will be Arteta has had twenty twenty one, twenty one, twenty two, and twenty two, twenty three. So he's had three full seasons, and he had that half season. So about three and a half seasons now. Jurgen Klopp under Liverpool. So so let, let's just round up Arsenal's um, performance in, in that time. Eighth, eighth, no, they came eighth, fifth, second, and they came eighth in that, uh, in that uh, half season. We'll say half season. Um, however, they, they won the FA Cup. That's pretty awesome. That's great. That's amazing haven't played Champions League. So this is going to be Arteta's fourth full season that they're going into now. The The project looks as though it's in prime shape. He's been fully financially backed. Um, I saw I saw a little, a little something earlier today, a little statistic that if the Raya transfer goes through, the new goalkeeper that they're looking at to most likely either give competition to Aaron Ramsdale or to replace him. One of those two players won't be at Arsenal in the next two years. Let's just put it that way. Uh, 
if they if they were if we were to include that and include add-on fees and so on and so forth, his spending since 2020, since he took over, is to the tune of 650 million pounds. That is backing. I remember when a couple of years ago, probably two years ago, um, all the Arsenal supporters were shitting on their. Uh, uh, Stan Kroenke, uh, the owners, um, who interestingly enough, they won. They they the guy owns a couple of different uh, sports franchises in the U.S. The Denver Nuggets, who just won a championship, um, the L.A. Rams, who won a championship the year before, they won the Super Bowl in 2022. So these guys are on a really really great wave right now in terms of all their other. Um, projects and they've really, really backed Arteta. They must believe in this guy quite a lot because 650 million over three years, that's 216 million, give or take, every single season. That's that's quite a lot. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of backing. That's a lot of investment. And to his credit, Arteta has spent it reasonably well. He spent it quite well. The squad is completely different from what it was three and a half years ago. However, to bring it back to the Jurgen Klopp and the Liverpool ascension, the the comparison for Klopp. So Klopp will say his half season was the 16, no, no, was 15, 16. Uh, we made a couple of finals. We we didn't win anything. We couldn't make Champions League. First season, top four. Second season, top four uh, and Champions League final. Third full season, Champions League and 97 points in the league. So it looks as though Arteta and Arsenal, they haven't been as successful as Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool in the first three and a half years. Um I think it's plain and simple that, that there's no real comparison between the two. Uh, the other factor is that Jürgen Klopp was already a well-established world-class manager before he got to Liverpool. So his ascension and his rise was a lot more expected. I, I, I expected, I remember at the time, and I won't harp on too much about this because this is an Arsenal episode, but at the time I expected Jürgen Klopp to be the guy to break our title drought because if it wasn't him it just wasn't going to happen and it was him and it did happen i do i don't know if if also if arteta has that level of trust especially with his reputation coming into the into the job he's been there for a couple of years now it's fully his team after 650 million, there's no there's no conversation of this is bits and bobs from the Unai Emery era, leftovers from the Wenger era. No, this is entirely his team right now. And I guess the question is, where are expectations? I'll speak to expectations and what I expect from this team soon. I'll get into the, the, the incomings and outgoings of the summer so far. So... They brought in uh, uh, some really good additions to the squad. They brought in Jorginho and um, Trossard in the January window. It propelled them forward, It's especially Trossard. Trossard was a really, really good signing, I think. Very shrewd. They brought him from Brighton. He knows the league. He's obviously he, he's slotted in perfectly um, into the Arsenal attacking three sometimes. Uh, yeah, into the attacking three there. 
um, of the four two three one, or from time to time it's, it's sometimes it's it's a four one one. I mean it's four one four one, and they I want to say they've continued that. For me, the obvious big signing, the headline maker is the Declan Rice transfer. I think this is a phenomenal signing i think it's a marquee signing it's one of those statement signings that you make when you when you know we mean fucking business this this is a transfer that's nine figures nine digits 100 million uh 100 million pound player that they've brought from west ham one of the most sought after talents in the premier league united wanted him Chelsea wanted him. Manchester City tried to hijack the deal as Arsenal were closing it, but he chose Arsenal. Arsenal got their guy and in the exact position that they really needed. Um, I said and I, I, I've maintained for a long time and I guess I've been proven correct that Granite Xhaka was never going to be starting 11 with Granite Xhaka in, in that team. You're not winning the league. You, it's it it just it's just plain and simple for us, for Liverpool. It was kind of like a, a you you can't have Simon Mignolet starting or Loris Karius starting and win the league. It, it was that simple. Sometimes you just need that upgrade, that extra bit of class. I think Declan Rice is that guy. Um, I think a double pivot of Declan Rice and Thomas Partey. That's a league winning bedrock. For you to for you to springboard a title challenge onto. Um, in addition to that, to Declan Rice, who I, I think is going to be fantastic for them. I think that's a very very exciting kind of player. He'll be there for a good amount of time as well, um, and he can play in many different ways. He he, he can move, go forward sometimes. Maybe Thomas Partey can sit. He can participate a little bit more in the attacks. He can sit if need be. He can play at centre back if need be. So I think he's he's a phenomenal player. Um, and it's it's a very bad signing for anyone who doesn't support Arsenal because it means that not only are they serious, they mean business, but they are getting the, these types of signings over the line. For us, it was the Virgil van Dijk signing and then we got Allison and Fabinho and that really propelled us. I think this this Declan Rice signing is of that ilk. Um, if he can have that level of impact on their midfield, oh man, I, I could easily see Arsenal getting 90 points. Um, they finished on, what, 84 last season? I could easily see that sort of signing and, and what it will do for the rest of the team, the rest of the system, how they attack, how they transition, how they defend. That could be the difference between 85 points and 90 points, 92, 93 points, I, I, very easily. Um, they also brought in Urien Timber, I believe, from Ajax. I'm not 100% sure. Please do not kill me. They brought him in. I don't know too much about this guy. I saw quite a few rumors that a couple of different clubs wanted him. I think United's name were in there, but United's name are for uh, are there for every single player on earth. So let's let's not put too much weight behind that. However, um, we'll see how he does. I'm not. I don't know too much about him. I I know that he's a centre back. I know that he started uh, in the Community Shield game. Um, so I don't know too much about him, but th those two, I think 
I don't know about Timber. That's a complete question mark for me. I haven't seen him play too much. Declan Rice, I think, is is going to be a 10 out of 10 signing. Um, For me, Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz is the one where I just don't know. I think he's better suited to Arsenal and Arsenal's system, especially a system that plays with a 10. Um, However, that's their captain's spot in the team. So what do you do here? Kyavrids, do you want him playing on the wings? Or Sako or Martinelli or Trossard? Do you want him playing as a nine? You you know you don't want to play. You know you don't want him playing as a nine. Because you've got Gabriel Jesus, you've got uh Eddie Nketiah. Um I, I think this this kid Florian Balogun, he'll probably leave. But you've got Num- you've got a pure number nine in Eddie Nketiah. Uh Gabriel Jesus plays in that in that position and he rotates and he does quite a lot of great work that Arteta seems to like. That's probably why he wanted Kai Havertz in the first place because he can float in between different positions. But I think for me, especially for a big transfer fee, we saw that he didn't play too well at Chelsea even though I do think he'll be better at Arsenal, I do. My gut instinct tells me that that's not a good signing. I I don't like that signing Um, for Arsenal. I think if they had gotten a pure number nine, I think that would have been it. Uh, If they had gone after, maybe gone back in for Vlahovic or, yeah, I I get it. The market for number nines isn't great, but even someone like uh, Ivan Tony. Tony scored something like, what, 18 league goals last season for Brentford. I get that he, he's banned from football for a little while because of the whole gambling, sports betting situation thing. But if, yeah, I think he's one of those players where, I mean, a team like United have been looking for a striker for a while. A team like Arsenal. I think they could do with a pure number nine like that. I get it that Gabriel Jesus plays the system very well, but sometimes you need that alternative option who's going to just bang in goals because Gabriel Jesus isn't going to score 25-plus goals like a Harry Kane, like a Mohamed Salah, like a Erling Haaland. Uh, so that's uh, that Kai Havertz one is uh, I'm putting a doubt on that one I don't like that transfer at all but thus far Arteta has brought them from finishing eighth to second can he go one better Ooh, that's a tough one and I guess it begs the question where are expectations for this team last season was their first shot at the league um, and considering that it is a very young team, it is a very young team, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage now because now they're going to be playing with expectation. They are going to expect from themselves that they'll be challenging for the league this season uh, and not only from themselves but from their own fan base. When they go to the Emirates, the Emirates is going to be expecting title-challenging football this season. I think they can deliver. Obviously, they showed us that they can deliver last year. But the weight of expectations, man. We saw it last year when they were the favorites. Uh, For me, it's difficult to say that they were ever favorites. But mathematically, you know, table-wise, they were the favorites. They were clearly the favorites. If you're eight points clear with about eight games to go, you are the favorites. And everything was in their hands. And they didn't do too well. They, They... 
inexperience essentially caught up with them i I believe so it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate expectation this season it could go it could go really really bad for them it could go whereby you know a couple of bad injuries and bob's your uncle they're fighting for top four or it could go really really well um saliba being back and saliba saliba going down last season kind of unraveled completely completely unraveled their defense they they started shipping goals it was night and day without him so if they can keep him fit if he can play 35 games this season they'll be a different proposition they won't be as leaky at the back because at a certain point they were they were trying to outscore teams i mean was it not southampton that they conceded three goals at home against the team that was bottom of the table last season they they were shipping goals like nothing. Uh, we, we all saw the games against City, although City did score bags of goals against everyone. They ship goals like nothing. And if you're in a title challenging, if you if you're looking to win the league, you have to have a quality defense. You 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 cannot afford that sort of thing. So bringing in a guy like Urian Timber, bringing in. Uh, guys like Ben White, if they have a, a little bit more luck with injuries, I think they'll be able to navigate that a lot better. Um, so I am expecting a better Arsenal team. However, however, and I haven't mentioned it yet, they will have to manage Champions League this season. Last season, they played in the Europa League, and yes, you have to play the Thursdays, and it's a fucking schlep, and everyone hates it, blah, blah, blah. However, the beauty of the Europa League is that you can just play B-team B players. I, I believe it was Vieira. He started quite a few games. You can start guys like Eddie and Ketia. Um, you can get those sorts of squad players on the periphery. Um, I don't know if Reese Nelson played quite a bit for them, but you know, guys like that uh, can play in those sorts of competitions and you know, if you get a bad result here or there, no no one's really going to bat an eye. You know, there'll be a bit of banter for a little bit, but that's it. However, when you're playing Champions League, this is the big boy league. You, you cannot afford to sleep at all at any stage. And it's going to be an absolute embarrassment for them if they can't get out the group. Um, if they can't. And it's not only that, but it's their first Champions League ca- campaign in what, six years, seven years? 2017 yeah so about seven years six years six seasons seven seasons it's going to be their first time playing champions league they cannot afford to rest players so they've they've needed that strength and depth and it seems like they have it the question mark will be their midfield area how are you going to manage that because Declan Rice can't play every game Thomas Partey can't play every game um so it's going to be a question mark what they do in terms of their rotation in there. I believe at the back they look pretty solid. Zinchenko, um, Zinchenko, uh, what's that guy's name? So they've got Zinchenko, they've got a uh, lad from Scotland. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Anyways, so they've got Ben White, they've got Tomiyasu, they've got uh, Gabriel. 
um, Quirior. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure how to say his name. So they've brought in strength and depth in the defense and attack. They have decent numbers up there. Midfield question marks in terms of the strength and depth to be able to manage Champions League as well as uh, league challenging. Uh, so that. That to me that that adds a little bit of a different dynamic to their season. Also, most of these guys have never played Champions League before. Bukayo Saka has never played Champions League before. Declan Rice never played Champions League before. Um, I I think most of them haven't played. I'm pretty sure Odegaard has played. He did play for Real Madrid, uh, but he he was never really in the team like that. So it's going to be a new experience for all of them. Arteta has never managed in the Champions League before. So that uh, throws in a new dynamic. And if if they would just so happen to have a really tough group, like we've seen teams get tough groups. We've seen Manchester City when they were first in the Champions League. They got tough groups year after year. Arsenal have had tough groups before. Liverpool have had tough groups. I'm pretty sure we had the so-called group of death about two seasons ago. So it's going to be quite interesting how they manage, especially the first 10, 15 games of the season going into January, where they're going to be at. And if, because the other thing is that they started on fire last year and they just kept going and kept going and kept going and ran out of steam towards the end. What if they start off poorly? Where is the mentality in the squad? Are they mentally tough enough do they have the experience to overcome a deficit like that? Like a like a Manchester City who have done it time and time again, where they knew even though they were eight points behind in April or however late in the season, they knew, okay, sweet, we just have to beat these guys and then they'll crumble and we'll, we'll win the league. That, that's just the way it is. To the ability to catch a team as well when you're at the top. Oh, wow. It's so, so important. So you can't really bank on winning the first 10 games in a row. It often doesn't happen like that. And what if they have a bit of a wobble? What if they have to catch up five points on Man City towards it, towards December, January, even though there's 2018, 45 points to play for? What if, what if you're about 10 points behind? Uh, what? Do, what? How do they react in that sort of situation? So, even though I do think they they've made fantastic business, and I think this young team has so much potential, um, just please rest Bukayo Saka because that kid's going to be running to the ground by the time he's twenty seven. He'll be on his last last legs. So, Arteta, please just rest the kid. Um. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how they manage this season with expectation, with Champions League football. However, a year older, a year wiser, world-class addition to the squad um, who should raise their level quite a bit. So I, I could see it going anywhere. They could finish anywhere between first and fifth for me. Uh, however, I do think they'll probably finish top two. Um, they'll probably finish top two because Arteta seems like he's building something there. You can feel there's momentum. You can kind of feel that the the his project is reaching its prime right now, even though that's really unfair on what was a young team. 
they have to strike while the iron's hot right now because Liverpool are going to be better this season. United are probably going to be better this season. Chelsea will be better. I don't I don't think they'll be a huge factor in terms of the top of the table towards the end of it, but a lot of these teams are going to be better. So they had what was kind of a free hit last year. It's not free this time. Um, and they're paying in transfer fees right now. So Arsenal, I, I think there's cause for a lot of optimism, but, but there's a but. That's, that's essentially it. That's essentially it. Uh, and I'll leave it there. Uh, I'll leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, I thank you for your ears, for your time, for your support. Uh, I hope you have a magnificent day whenever this podcast reaches your ears and take care. <laughs>